Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the My Vintage Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Danny. In today's episode, I'll be talking to the folks behind Vintage Camper Trailers on Instagram and the editors of the Vintage Camper Trailers magazine. Paul uh, Lacidanola and his wife Caroline are fortunate to own vintage trailers and glamp at vintage trailer rallies year-round. They host several events every year called Trailer Fest, Glamper Fest, and Boot Camp. Boot Camp is actually a vintage trailer restoration learning experience where participants learn how to restore vintage RVs from the pros. The Lacidanolas have authored two books on their hobby and have also published the Vintage Camper Trailers magazine since 2011. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having us. We uh, we we love people that are reaching out to the vintage community. Yeah, it's a it's a fun community, and I've been learning uh, very quickly on this podcast how far and wide that community spreads, and how many different interests we all uh, have. But we all have that shared interest of vintage, which is really cool. We've found that uh, you know people that like the old trailers also dig the old cars and the bicycles and all the cool stuff that goes with it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us where that stems from for you guys. How did you guys get into vintage camper trailers? Was it the love of the outdoors combined with the love of history or did it start with the love of nope. history? <laughs> that's, uh, I get a chuckle because that's a, that's a question we've answered for years. And it's really kind of funny. I mean, um, it, it was more cause we were cheap and, uh, early, early in our, our lives, a dozen or so years ago, um, we had two little kids and we didn't quite know what to do with little kids. That was a new, new idea. So we thought, well, maybe, maybe camping would be fun, but, Mm -hmm. uh, until we don't want to get too involved in case we don't like it. So we bought a cheap little old camper from a guy up the street and, and then it just kind of morphed. And actually our first couple of camping experiences were horrible. I mean, they were little bitty concrete, you know, pads somewhere. And, um, but I thought, oh, you know what? I've got this old car. It'd look cool if I hook this old trailer up to this old car. That'd be cool. And uh, long story short, we just kind of stumbled into it like that. We thought we invented vintage trailering. And I wrote an article for a hot rod magazine. And uh, a couple of guys contacted me and they were restoring vintage trailers. And I thought, how can that be? I've just invented this. I didn't, you know, nobody else can be doing this yet. <laughs> But um, we just kind of stumbled into it because of the kids and, and now the kids are growing and out of the house and, and we're still, still doing our thing. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's been a quite an interesting journey. I'm sure most people can relate to their first couple of camping events being horrible. I feel like you have to get started by learning it as you go. But uh, the vintage trailer scene is, is obviously pretty widespread. Like you said, you guys are you've you've met a lot of people along the way you've got these major events now and uh quite a large subscription base for your magazine so tell us a little bit about that community and how far and wide it spreads our community goes from coast to coast uh we have people from every state that are subscribers there are events all over the united states that we uh put into our magazine um The people are just amazing. We have people from different countries that reach out to us that do rallies in their country. And and the people are really what we love about our hobby. They just are genuinely good people. And it's just refreshing to be around people that are just enjoying doing something they love. And it's not political. It's not 
anything else other than just enjoying the vintage items that we are using. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to these vintage items in these vintage trailers, what do you think is the pull for a lot of these people? Is it something to do with quality or is it more to do with an aesthetic? And why do you think people are so drawn to these vintage trailers? What we see is just, you know, there's a certain element that, that I would call an old soul that just for whatever reason, you know, for my generation, um, it's probably the connection you have with the memory. And so you camped in this trailer as a child, you remember your uncle that had a Shasta, you know, whatever the case is. Um, we had an old trailer in our backyard that my grandfather used at a mining operation that he had, and then it became our playhouse. And so we spent our childhood with this vintage Shasta trailer out back behind the barn that was our police station, our fire department, our, you know, it was something we played in all the time. And um, so, you know, I think for the next generation, uh, th there are just those old souls that are, you know, still preserving classic cars and, and uh, have an appreciation for that era. And so that mid-century, you know, I know to me, I have kind of this idyllic, like everything was perfect then. And, and certainly right now, everything isn't perfect. And so you have this idyllic draw towards this time that, you probably are glorifying a bit. It probably wasn't all that great then either, but but there is that draw. And so I think there's, I think people are into the hobby for multiple reasons. You know, a lot of our people are very crafty, very hands-on. It's uh, something they can do themselves. They work on their cars, they work on their trailers. But I think for some, it is the connection to the past and memories. Yeah, and I think we talk about that quite a bit on the podcast, these different items uh, that connect us to whether it's family members or just people and places that have come before. And it's, it's quite a powerful feeling and an enjoyable experience too. I think conversely, you've got people that, you know, will say, they'll say, well, what do you do? And they say, and you know, well, we're, we're editors of the vintage camper trailers magazine. And some people, you know, instantly go, Oh, you mean like airstreams and stuff. And, and other people look at you like you're out of your ever-loving mind. And so I don't think it is for everybody. I think that, you know, it, it, it kind of is your thing or it's not. And um, I think that's why when we get together with folks, you know, we've got people that become like grandparents to our kids over the years. It's a very strong connection because of that common interest. Do you see people incorporating their vintage trailers as part of sometimes a broader love a vintage and a vintage lifestyle, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is, you know, with, with, with our group, it really is. A lot of us were car guys before we were trailer guys. And so there's a lot of um, towing with the vintage at our events, um, at our trailer fest events, which is our big four-day car show, if you will, or trailer show, um, people dress up they decorate we have a different theme every time so when we do christmas in the trailer park the entire park even though it's september is decorated with santa clauses and christmas lights and people wear ugly sweaters to the wow. to the potluck and and we we have santa claus come and and you know blah 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 and we've done themes everywhere from military appreciation where 
people wear their old uniforms. We did a um, wedding theme one year and we had Elvis do wedding vow renewals for about a hundred couples and people wore tuxedos and bought corsages. And I mean, it's really a chance to, the, the phrase we've termed is play in the past. And so they'll play everything from dress up to decoration to driving their old cars around. And it really is just a chance to create kind of a vintage village that gives you that feeling from the food. You know, for the Christmas rally, we served barbecued ham dinner for about 600 people off of barbecues. And, wow. and, and uh, for our Cajun rally, we did a crawfish boil. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's really all inclusive from cars to trailers to bikes, to dress up to the music, the music that we have ties into the theme and so it really is just giving people a chance to just relax and play in the past yeah play in the past i love that i think that's such a cool uh tagline for for what you guys are doing do you think you know being inside a vintage trailer and getting outside and and coming to some of these events which are themed events just gives people a better appreciation for how things were because i know like you said there's we have this ideal romantic idea of what things were like in the past but actually getting to experience it by owning your own vintage trailer or vintage car and and living that gives you a, a better appreciation does it does it in your mind absolutely i think when i think about going um to a rally i also always think about exhaling. Sometimes we have so much coming at us in every direction. When you get to go to a rally, you just kind of get to exhale and be in the moment and just deal with what you're doing there. And everybody's there to have a good time, share what you've created, fixed, found. Found. (laughs) You know, everybody is so excited to share. They've had a new treasure come in. And, and to share it with the outside, we have a big public draw and we usually have open houses and people come in and there's something really emotional. I think one of the biggest parts of um, this hobby that stick out in my mind over the years are when people have come into my trailer and had an emotional reaction to seeing it. They've connected to it. I had a, a gentleman come in and just start crying and he shared that it was the exact trailer that he had gone cross country with his father in. And there's just those emotional connections that, that are really um, spectacular. And so, yes, it is a time to exhale and a time to just be present. That's amazing. Yeah. I, that's really neat. That, that experience you talk about with the older gentleman, I had a similar experience when I was working at a museum and the house was, done as if it would have been in 1912 they brought the house back and restored it and filled it full of the old furniture and the old wood stove and an elderly lady came in and she just couldn't believe her eyes because she remembered all these things from when she was a little girl and it was it's a really cool experience and being a part of being able to facilitate that for somebody else is is really quite remarkable it really is it's very touching and uh those things really stick out in your mind. Mm-hmm. So would you guys suggest to somebody to restore a vintage trailer when they come across something? And and why do you think it's worth investing the time and the energy into, into taking some of these old uh, trailers and bringing them back to life? 
Well, especially if you can do it yourself, it's still an affordable hobby. You know, if you have to hire it out, it's, you know, labor is expensive. It's not so much the material as it is the labor. They, they are very time consuming to restore. And, um, you know, we always encourage people to go to an open house at a vintage trailer rally and walk through some and experience it and kind of, you know, get an idea. Do you need a bathroom? Do you want twin beds? Do you need more headroom? Do you, do you like a long one? Do you like a short one? Um, there's a different feel in, and there's thousands of brands. There's a zillion different brands. It's not all just Airstreams and Shastas. And so kind of get a feel for it first. And then if you can do the work and, or if you have the financial backing to have it done, um, there is a lot of satisfaction and, and we encourage people to get in it, get a trailer and start coming to events and making those contacts with people. Don't wait. You know, we, we had somebody that used to come to an open house every year for 10 years. I think they finally must have passed or something because they they were constantly shopping and you need to get into the hobby and do it. You know, it's like anything when you're in the hobby and you know people, it's easier to find the next trailer or the better trailer or the one you really want. And so we just really encourage people to get into the hobby and start coming to events and, and becoming part of the community. Yeah, that's a good point. Is there any stuff that you guys notice? I mean, obviously you've seen all kinds of trailers, every type of brand, every type of shape and size. Is there stuff that you guys notice in the older trailers that are particularly better in one way or another than some of the newer things that you see coming out or are there just elements that people are more attracted to because of the history it's not necessarily that they're better than the modern equivalent the modern equivalent is is very different and so the the primary thing you know people always ask well what's considered vintage oh it's 25 years old well 25 years old is the 90s now <laughs> you know that's that's hardly vintage per se um, so really what happened is about, uh, the early seventies, the materials changed dramatically. And so you went from all wood, all metal, aluminum type structures to plastics, wallpaper, veneers. Um, and so those trailers just, you know, literally don't hold up as well as the 50s and 60s trailers, which is the bulk of our stuff. I mean, we definitely go into the 40s and, and earlier, but, you know, the 50s and 60s trailers were still real wood, real metal, real aluminum, and it was just a different. And then by the 70s, when you go to plastics and they became, trailers became square and box-like and, and more like the trailers, most of the trailers that you see today that are square, whiter, we call them white boxes. So that's our derogatory term for modern trailers is big white boxes. And so, but that's really what happened. And so when we say what's what's a vintage trailer, we really say pre-1970s, even though there's a few in the 70s that still we're doing it old school. But but for the most part, it's the just the the materials um, were just a, a big change between now and what they were doing 60s and before. Yeah, that's a good point. They are all actually very, very similar nowadays compared to that variety you get with the vintage stuff. I didn't know that actually that they were built of different materials though as well. So does that make them quite a bit heavier? Not so much. So it's not so much weight as it is, you know, they're 
their durability. And mm -hmm. so the, the arch nemesis of trailers is water and moisture. So whether it's condensation or leaks or whatnot, you know, even the modern materials, because they use, I don't know how to explain it, but like coated woods and things that just tend to bubble or, or like right now we've got a big problem with um, most of the plywood that we're using is MDF cord instead of uh, strand cord like old plywood was. Well, that's like a sponge. It's like a sponge with wood grain. So any water gets on the edge of that and it swells. And so that's even something that's happening right now because, you know, trying to produce cheaper plywood and so forth, the core isn't as good as older plywood styles. So yeah, it's just, they're just not as durable, you know, mm -hmm. the newer, the newer stuff. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of nice stuff on the market. I'm not saying that, but, but it, as a rule, just the old, the old woods really held up well for trailers that weren't, weren't built to last. And a lot of them have lasted. But mm -hmm. I would also say that some of the modern conveniences in a new trailer, we certainly do not have. A lot of our vintage trailers don't have bathrooms and TVs and air conditioning. So they are, they can, if you want to put the time and money into them, but a lot of the vintage that are restored to original do not. So it's just whatever you desire. Mm -hmm. Ours is much more about the, the, I, people always say like you started off with like the love of outdoors and stuff. And I always say, if it wasn't for old trailers, I probably wouldn't camp at all. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more about the, the old stuff part of it than the camping part of it per se. So, yeah. um, yeah. and the community, I mean, the community really is a draw when you were asking about that earlier, it is a draw people want to connect really bad in today's world. I mean, we have our technology, but we don't really um, take the time to connect face-to-face -face with a lot of people. And Vintage Rallies really has that open door to be able to make those friendships, to sit around a campfire, to tell stories, to listen to stories, to interact that mm -hmm. we're missing in today's world. And a lot of people are just starving for that connection. One of the questions that we get asked most about our boot camp event, um, because we do have a big online presence, is you know, well, do you sell CDs or can we can we take those courses online where we teach people how to restore vintage trailers? And there's a lot of that type of information on the internet already, but but we call it our learning experience because part of what you do is come and experience and meet the people that are doing it and eat with them hang out with them after hours, sit around the campfire and develop those relationships that you wouldn't get watching my YouTube videos about it. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, boot camp's a bit of a challenge because people have to come to us and people come from all over the U.S. for the event. It's just once a year. And so people fly in and drive in and camp and stay in hotels and everything to get together for those four days. But it's about the experience part. It's, you know, it's, it's not available online. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's something interesting that you guys both mentioned there, which is the experience and the connection. And I, I wonder if a lot of this desire for vintage is really a, a desire for that old time connection sort of couched in, of course, all of the, the love of the old aesthetic and those things. But ca vintage camper trailers really is sort of three in one. It's that connection with people. It's that getting back into nature and slowing down. And plus all of the 
the old aesthetic that comes along with the actual trailer itself yeah well and even you know even our magazine is a bit of a vintage thing i mean in today's world an actual printed magazine that shows up in the mail Hmm. you know those aren't as relevant as they they once were and you know we've been doing that now over 10 years and so a lot of our crowd because they are into the vintage stuff they like to put their hands on something you know it's again it's like boot camp it's it's an experience it's something tangible you know everything's so digital now and we all function like that and we have to but but uh there is something to be said about actually showing up and being present we do have digital too (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta have some digital stuff in today's world but you're right people are looking for a real tangible and sometimes even old-fashioned experience right well and it's a lot different you know if you're if you're you know, we we welcome the people in the community to send us their trailers. And and sometimes there's a trailer in the magazine that's, you know, it's not a six figure trailer. It's it's Joe Dirt's trailer, but but he's proud of it. He likes it. And so we print it and we try to, you know, as long as we get clear photos, we try to run that stuff because there is something different about seeing your trailer in a magazine and seeing your trailer on a Facebook page that mm. six months from now, you can't even find that page again. And so it is different. It is, you know. Paul brought up a good point about our community as well is that we're not competitive. And so we are very, very inclusive of the $300 trailer that someone has fixed up so they can come join us to the six-figure trailer that someone has paid to have restored. We don't have a best of show. We don't have those kind of um, competitions because we do want it to be about the people camping together. And so we are all inclusive. <laughs> you know, we, we just want people to come and enjoy the community. And I think that that's been a real um, cornerstone of our business is that we, we are not we might have a chili cook-off, but you're not going to win an award because you could afford a $5,000 paint job. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's very cool, actually. That's yeah. very, very cool. And we're we're adamant about that. So that's a... And we love people's restorations because you never know who's going to be affected by that story. It mm-hmm. might be someone that was scared to do it and they read someone who who restored their own and they're like, I can do that. And that's what we want to be is an inspiration to people to give them that boost to go and do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Have you guys, I guess, noticed, well, you said that you guys are mostly, you know, focused on the magazine. It's a lot of in-person events. There's that element to it, but you guys are online as well. Have you noticed that with the online community and with vintage, let's say trending now, that there has been an uptick in your interest in the online stuff, interest in the magazine and people coming to events? Yeah, it seems to be continuing to flourish. I mean, there's always attrition. You know, uh, literally when we started, we were the young guns in the hobby. We had little kids. We had a puppy. We, you know, we were we were the youngsters. And, and now after more than a dozen years, you know, we're seeing that transition where literally, you know, as people pass away and and new people come into the hobby, that, that there is a constant transition, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it still seems to be flourishing. We are sold out of our events for this year and already planning into next year and um, trying to add events right now. It's difficult because a lot of the campgrounds are so full 
and they're they're full with people traveling, but they're also full with homeless situations or homing challenges, if you will. And 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 up around here in Northern California, fires and things have displaced people. And so our biggest problem at the moment is finding parks that can accommodate the events that we do, you know, that have enough sites for us. Yeah. That's really neat that you're thriving in a community that's ongoing and probably on pace to outlive you even, which is a really neat (laughs) thing. Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool. Congratulations. So you've given us a little bit of advice earlier talking about coming down to the show, coming down to see a bunch of trailers, walk around, get an idea for what you want if you're looking to get into the hobby but what other advice would you have for people looking for an old camper what are some things they should look for things they should avoid and then maybe we'll get into some horror stories that you've heard on over the course of your years oh i get i got those um my number one secret that we tell we actually do a few seminars and one of them that we do is buying and selling vintage trailers we have a big classified uh website where people can buy and sell trailers and parts and things. And uh, the number one thing I tell people when they're looking for a trailer is to tell everybody that you know that you're looking for a vintage trailer because that network of people, almost without fail, their aunt has one that's sitting in the backyard. They're, oh, they were doing a cement job in somebody's backyard and saw one the other day. And, And so just putting that buzz in your close community that you're looking for something like that, you'll be surprised at what'll turn up. Uh, Number two, and um, especially when I was younger in the hobby, always taking a different route home. So you can look over fences, peek around corners, drive down an alley, you know, just always take a different, go two streets over instead of driving the same way every single time. And so those are my two tricks. If you really are brave enough to go knock on some doors and stuff, you'll find them. They're out there and, and they're getting harder every day, but, but they are out there. And those two tricks, rather than again, sitting there looking at Craigslist or sitting there looking at marketplace or, you know, answering some scam ad or, you know, looking at trailers that are clear across the country. So, you know, just doing those things in your local area, you'll be surprised at what you'll find. Also going to the source, we do have a website on, I mean, our website has classified that reach out to people that are interested in the hobby so if you go to those specific sources you're more likely eliminates a lot of the gibberish you know the 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 stuff because people that are advertising on our sites are probably in the hobby you know Mm -hmm. i mean they they're familiar with us but when it comes down to buying a trailer um you know i encourage people especially your first time depending on your level of craftsmanship is to buy the best example of a trailer that you can find that that something free might not be worth it. You know, it might be worth spending a little bit of money. And, you know, I mean, there's you got to start somewhere, but be careful about how much money you maybe put into a 73 Prowler as opposed to a 47 Mainline or something, because that 47 Mainline is going to be worth a lot more. And if all you can afford is a 73 Prowler, make it your own own it and 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 do it but but if you're really thinking about the economy of things or you want to flip it or something you know go with something that's going to have more brand value and there's two main types of trailers that were built in the the 50s and 60s and uh real popular the little canned hams and everybody wants a little one they got a little car they want to tow a little one and 
but those don't have bathrooms. So don't email me that you want a 10 foot trailer with a 200 square foot master bath in it because they don't have them. And so a lot of people will start with that trailer and then as they become confident towing and things get a bigger trailer. But those little canned hams are, are framed in wood. And so you have wood frame trailers and then you have like an Airstream or the big silver torpedo or silver Twinkies as we call them that were aluminum frame trailers. And so your aluminum frame trailers, Spartan, Silver Streak, Streamlines, Airstreams, et cetera, are better built. They're, they're riveted with rivets. The frames are aluminum or metal, so they don't rot. And so if you're gonna get rot in those, it's just gonna be the three quarter inch plywood subfloor. And so you might pay a little more for a trailer like that, but you might have a lot less repairs to do on the, on the framework, which can get rather involved. Um, but uh, canned hams are what a lot of us started with and what a lot of people have. And they're because of the wood frames and because they weren't waterproof. A lot of times you need to peel the skins off and replace some of that wood. And, and those are courses that we do at boot camp because they're real common. But uh, we can kind of take some of that fear out of taking the, you know, a lot of people are just afraid to remove the skins. And you'll see that once you remove them, there's not much to a little vintage trailer. It's no wonder they're still going down the road. There's there's very little structure to them. So uh, decide what, you, what type of trailer you want would be my advice and realize what you're getting and a difference between a wood frame trailer and why you might pay more for an Airstream or a aluminum frame trailer. Yeah. And I guess there's lots you can do when you actually just get into it, when you're trying to restore something or do it yourself. Is there ever a major red flag that you see where there's something maybe unsalvageable? If a little wood trailer has, I mean, nothing's unsalvageable. And some people prefer to buy what we call a template trailer, which is just a blown out trailer, but they want the axle, they want the frame, they want the old windows, and they want to build something from scratch. And a lot of guys do it. And a lot of people have that time or space or ability to do that. But for the for the typical person that wants to roll on some house paint, put some cute curtains in it and go camping, you've really got to be aware of the condition of the floor because even the, the sidewalls and those frames are relatively easy to replace. But once you've got a soft floor, you've almost got to completely level that trailer in most situations and start with a good base because those rotten walls attach to that rotten floor. <laughs> and so if the floor is shot, it can be a bigger project than probably most people can handle. If it's just, you know, a dented aluminum, you can buy a piece of aluminum that's easy to replace. If it's a some rot around the vent, you can replace that piece of wood up there and fix it. But if your floors are rotten and spongy, that can be a big problem. That might be the biggest red flag, I would say, to avoid unless you're just intending to do a ground up restoration. Okay, that's a good tip. Okay, we go basically one last question for you guys. And this is just curiosity, the airstreams and, and those, those aluminum trailers, do they get unbearably hot in the summertime? And is there a way to keep them cool? Or do you have any tips and tricks without the AC and all these old trailers to keep yourself cool in the summertime? Well, don't camp in the summer if you live in Northern California. <laughs> so we kind of take the summers off. We're kind of fair weather campers. 
a lot of times. Um, no, the silver trailers, we usually don't have air conditioning in ours just because, like I say, we're kind of fair weather and they kind of take away from the aesthetic. So I prefer mm-hmm. not to have them. And also, honestly, the cooling ability when it's 110 degrees out like it is out here, they cool, but they make a lot of noise and stuff. So anyways, I'm not a big, huge fan of air conditioning per se. But the silver trailers, you know, I don't know if it's their reflective qualities that they reflect the heat away. But, you know, my, my best advice is find a shady campsite because if it's like it gets hot here, it's going to be hot in that trailer no matter what you do or, yeah. or what shape it is or what color it is. So. Our, our Spartan is completely restored and it has great insulation in it. And so it doesn't get any hotter than you know, I mean, we don't have air conditioning in it. We just have a fan and it's very comfortable, but it is very dependent on how hot it is outside. But it's also a trailer that we did from the ground up and put two inch solid foam core in every inch of it. And and so, you know, we did what we could. We've also, there's a thing called a fantastic fan, which is a fan that draws air out. And so it kind of works like a whole house fan to where you can pull air through the trailer. And honestly, that, you know, most of the time for us, that's all right. And if it's that hot, just go outside or go do something else. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Fair enough. Okay, you guys mentioned uh, your classifieds. I'm, of course, going to link your website and the magazine all in the show notes here. But can you tell us a little bit more about where people can find uh, your classifieds? And Yeah, actually, yeah, everything can be linked through VintageCamperTrailers.com. So that's probably the best one to give out. Uh, the rallies that we personally host are trailerfestrally.com. And, but you can get to our classifieds and, and everything through the, the tabs and the links on those pages. So rather than confuse people, probably just go to Vintage Camper Trailers. And if you're in the, on the West Coast of the United States and want to come to one of our events, trailerfestrally.com is, okay. is all of our events. And they're big car slash trailer shows with live bands and food trucks and all kinds of craziness. And we always say that this is not just for people that um, own vintage trailers, but it's for people that can just enjoy admiring them, um, dream about them. So it's not, you don't have to be an owner to be part of the community. Awesome. Okay. And then of course you guys are also on Instagram where I'm sure a lot of people are already catching up with you guys already at vintage camper trailers. So great. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me about trailers today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our story and our perspective on, on the, uh, the hobby and the lifestyle we've become a part of. Mm-hmm.